Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. So I'm going to open up in prayer and we're going to dive right on into the word. Father God, we come now on this day that you have made, O oh God. We give your name glory, honor, and praise, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for yet another opportunity, O oh God, to break forth the bread of life, O oh God. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us and through us. We invite you on this call, Holy Spirit. We invite you on the broadcast to have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way in our lives. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts. Open our ears that we may hear, O oh God. Touch our hearts, O oh God, that your, your word may go in our hearts, O oh God, that we will not sin against you. So we thank you now in advance, O oh God, for everything that's going to be said and done. We come up against every distraction now in the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God. We give your name glory, honor, and praise. These and all blessed, we ask your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, so I'm going to uh, do a quick recap of last week's Bible study. Uh, we're still in spiritual warfare training. And last week was part 14, and we talked about calling forth the four winds. So we talked about the four winds that there are. There, scripture talks about the four winds of heaven. So understand this is another spiritual warfare tool that we have, and not just a spiritual warfare, but also uh, implies to us uh, individually specific things that we may need in our lives. And so we talked about the four winds: that the east wind, the west wind, the north wind, and the south wind. This is we have the four directions of the earth, if you will. And so we have east, west, north, and south. And we talked about the east wind, that the east wind, when, when you call forth the east wind, for an east wind to blow, uh, the east wind of heaven, that the east wind of heaven brings destruction. It destroys the works of the enemy and sin. And so, therefore, when we, we pray to God to send an east wind against the enemy because the east wind wrecks things. It causes things to dry up and brings famine uh, to what the enemy has been trying to do in your life. And so, therefore, if you need something to dry up in your life, you can send for the east wind of heaven to blow to dry it up. And the east wind also brings the east one of heaven also brings the judgment of God against the enemy. Uh, so you can send judgment against uh, demons by calling forth the east wind. But not only that, but the east wind also operates in our life uh, personally because if, you, if you're in need of a miracle in your life or the life of another, you can call forth the east wind of heaven to blow because we talked about how when Moses stretched out his hand over the, the waters, to part the waters so that the children of Israel could go walk on dry land because there was an obstacle in their way, which was the water. But he called for the east wind to blow. The east wind blew, and it, and it blew the waters back so they can cross over on, on dry, dry land, and that was a miracle. And so that also comes with uh, miracles. So you need, you need miracles in your life, the power of God to be demonstrated. You can also call for the east wind. And then we talk about the west wind. Uh, the west wind if, uh, is for deliverance. So if you're in need of – you or someone else in need of deliverance, you call for a west wind to blow, and it brings deliverance. Deliverance will come. We talked with the scripture, again, when God had sent the, the plague of locusts because of the east wind. The east wind brought the plague of locusts in Egypt, and the west wind blew it away. So it, it delivered the land from the plague. So the west wind brings deliverance. Then we talked about the north wind. Uh, the north wind, we say how the north wind of heaven brings the presence of God. It's, it, it brings the manifested presence of God in your life. So you, want it, you need God's presence in your life. You call for a north wind to blow, uh, and also... Uh, the north wind also brings rain uh, in your life. So if you're in a dry place or if things seem to be dried up, you need some, uh, some things to begin to manifest, then you send for the north wind to blow 
so that it will bring the rain to refresh you. It brings refreshing. And we also said how if your life is in disorder, if things are in disorder, disarray, you can send for the north wind of heaven to restore order. So the north wind also restore order. So it comes with the presence of God. It brings rain, and it restores order. Um, and not only that, we also said that the west wind also does a shaking or pruning, if you will. It brings conviction or shaking, stirring, rebuking, if you will. In other words, it pushes us when we want to quit. It, it puts things in order. So it, it, it shakes things up. If, you, if you've been procrastinating or whatever the case would be, things seem to be at a standstill. You call for that north wind to, to, to shake things up uh, in your life. And the last one we talked about was the south wind. And the south wind brings prosperity and the south wind brings provision. So if, you, if you're in need of provision in your life, you're in need of prosperity, etc., call for a south wind to blow, and it will bring provision. And also, the south wind also brings joy, peace, and comfort. So if you're in need of joy, you're in need of peace, comfort, you can call for the south wind to blow, and that's what comes with it. So that's just a brief recap of the four winds of heaven uh, that we discussed on last week, and it's definitely uh, good to have add that to your repertoire as we move forward in the things of God. All right, so tonight we are on uh, part 15 of our spiritual warfare training. So we can continue forward in this series, spiritual warfare training. So tonight is part 15, and we're going to talk about defending your bloodline. So tonight's topic, uh, spiritual warfare training part 15, defending your bloodline, defending your bloodline. Okay, so understand that, you know, we, we've talked before about how powerful blood covenants are. Uh, because there's life in the blood. So we did an entire study on the blood and the blood of Jesus, and we know that there's life in the blood. So when the enemy knows that they don't have legal access to you, they will try to gain legal entry through sin in your family bloodline. All right? So, so we, we started with, with, with the premise, the base point here, and we're going to build on it. So when the enemy knows they don't have legal access to you because you're doing certain things, you're in order, you, you, you know, you're chasing after God's will, etc., they will still try to gain legal access legal entry into your life through sin in your family bloodline. So this is why you can't afford not to pray for your bloodline. You can't afford not to pray for your family. So there are some battles that you will face that has absolutely nothing to do with you, but it has to do with what's attached to your bloodline. So understand, you are a defender. You are a defender of your bloodline. And if any demon is causing hell in your family, you are qualified to send it back to hell. So if the enemy is causing hell in your family, in your bloodline, you are qualified, you are equipped, you are called to send it back to hell, reverse it on the enemy. So the problem could have been in your bloodline for centuries. It could have been going on in your bloodline for centuries, but it can stop with you. We talked about it numerous times that, you know, you are that interruption in your bloodline. So the family unit is important. It's so important until the family was created before the church. Family was created before the church, that's how important family is, okay? And so every individual has different relations. We understand with different members in your family, et cetera. You might be closer to this one and not as close to that one, et cetera. But understand, your family is what you were born into. But there are some things that has haunted your bloodline that you were born to change. There are some things that have been haunting your bloodline that you were born to change. See, God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't do things by accident because, you see, we, we know that we originated in God. We, well, I say week after week at the end that, that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. See, God was strategic when he chose the family that you were born into. And you're thinking, oh, why don't I, 
get this bad luck. Why was I born into this family, et cetera? You know, look at this. And I could have had this, and I went through all this and all that, et cetera, et cetera. But understand, we are all in the family of God. You are literally in God, and God sent you on earth. God sent you on earth, and he chose what bloodline you would come through. So it wasn't just something they did, your family did. It's not like, oh, you know, we, we can get into the physical part of when this gene connects with that gene and it created this, and that's why you look like your daddy, you look something like your mom, you got your, your daddy eyes, you got your mom, whatever, it's your hair, whatever case would be. But all that is natural things. But it has nothing to do in the spirit realm that God sent you. He chose what bloodline you would be in. Because, again, we were in God. We were just in God. We were in God. He said, okay, I'm going to send you to earth. You want to come to earth? I'm sending you to earth. And he had to choose what bloodline he would come through. Think about when Jesus, Jesus was born. God chose what bloodline that Jesus would, would come into because he said, okay, I need to continue the bloodline with David, the, king, uh, the kingship of David. I need to continue that bloodline. So he needs to come through Mary. God was strategic. He could, Jesus could have been born to anyone because Elizabeth and, 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 and Zechariah had a child, John the Baptist, who, who spoke of Jesus coming. So, again, Jesus had to choose that family line for John the Baptist to come th- come through. So so God is very strategic. So for some of you, family is what you're adopted into. However, it does not change what is in your bloodline or what's on the bloodline you're adopted into. So we're making some points here now. So again, so 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 you now get that part out of your head of, oh, my family is just my family's that. But God sent you to that bloodline. God chose you to come into that bloodline because you were born to change it. You were born to change what has been haunting your bloodline. So understand this now. So understand. So your bloodline was here before you were born. Your bloodline was here before you were born, and you may have been born into a curse on your bloodline, but you can reverse the curse. So the church has spent so much time dealing with attacks on the church, issues in the church, etc., until sometime the family has gone unnoticed. It's not. It wasn't necessarily intentional, but it's something that warrants our attention. So there are many moving forward in ministry in the church, but ministry at home is not moving forward. So you must fight for and cover your family. So understand, if there's disorder in your bloodline, if there's disorder in your bloodline, the enemy knows that they can legally attack. So therefore, you must fight and pray to restore order in your bloodline. Because as I said at the beginning, the enemy feels, okay, if I can't legally get to you, Okay, I can't legally get to you because I said at the beginning of this series that we know the enemy can only attack in one of two ways, if God allows it or if we allow it. And if God allows it, the enemy has to play by God's rules. If we allow it, the enemy plays by his own rules, and they never play fair. And so there's sometimes because of what's going on in your bloodline, the enemy can now legally attack, and the enemy does not have to play fair because it's okay, now I have access. God didn't allow this, but because something in your bloodline allowed it, so therefore the enemy now can play by his own rules. So that's why you have to fight and pray to restore order in your bloodline. Follow me here now. So the more it's ignored, the greater the issue can become in the long haul. So if issues are not addressed in your generation, you will pass it on to the next generation in your family bloodline to have to deal with it. So understand, there are some things in your bloodline that was supposed to be dealt with, but it was not, so now you have to face it and conquer it. There were some things in your bloodline that was supposed to be dealt with a long time ago, but it wasn't dealt with. It was swept under a rug, looked past, maybe they didn't know, etc. So now you have to face it and conquer it. 
So if you notice a demonic pattern that has impacted numerous members in your family, whatever it may be, you notice a bad pattern impacting everyone in your family, it's your responsibility to war and pray to break it. It's your responsibility to war and pray to break it. So it's not a time to retreat because even if you avoid it, if you don't put a stop to it, it will continue to flow through your bloodline and reach another generation in your bloodline. And so understand this. The enemy wants you to fight with your family because they know that it also keeps you away from generational blessings. I'm about to make a point in authority. Again, the enemy wants you to fight with your family because they know that it also keeps you away from generational blessings. So Satan and his demons understand that. They're trying to keep you away from generational blessings. Follow me now. God is a generational God. God is a generational God. He blesses us individually, yes, but he also blesses generationally. So follow me now. So some blessings are tied directly to your bloodline. I'm going to say that again. Some blessings are tied directly to your bloodline. And we know, okay, follow my point. So we're a part of the body of Christ. We are many members, but one body, as Scripture says, we're many members, but one body, the body of Christ. That's your generational. That's family. Scripture talks about how we're brothers and sisters in Christ. That's family. Talk about family. So understand, God loves family, and that's why he created family. He could have done it a whole different way. We could have not had no family. We didn't have to have moms. Daddy. God created that way because he loves family. And so the enemy wants want to war in your family because they know how powerful a unified bloodline is. Satan hates family because he cannot have family. He has workers, but no true family. So again, family was created before the church. Okay? So I'm going to hit you with something here. Now some things, watch this now. You've got to get this revelation. Hear me in the spirit. Some things may take years to manifest when you pray for it individually, but it can happen quickly, suddenly, when you and family pray for it together. I'm going to say that again. Some things may take years that you're praying for individually to manifest for you individually. It may take years, but it can happen quickly when you and your family pray for it together. This goes back to generational blessings. There are some things that are generational blessings. God is a generational God. That's one reason why, again, why Satan hates family. So you may think your family is messed up, but God sent you on earth through that bloodline because you're the one to put a stop to the mess. God sent you on earth through the bloodline that you were born into because you're the one to put a stop to the mess. And like I said, whether it, whether it was that, that you were adopted, you could have been adopted into another family, it wasn't by, by, by happenstance, you can still bring change to the mess, to what's ever been haunting the bloodline. And your bloodline is so important because it was here before you were born. And it can go on after you leave the earth. So your legacy is in your bloodline. Your legacy is in your bloodline. So what you do matters because it's a reflection of your bloodline. The enemy wants to kill your entire bloodline to stop the family name from moving forward, but you can stop the enemy. So understand, so your family is too important to God for you to say that you don't care anymore. If he cares, you must care. So don't let the devil have your family. 
The enemy knows how important your family is, and that's why they are relentless in trying to attack. So don't be discouraged by what's going on in your family, but be encouraged that you're doing something about it every time you pray. You're doing something about it every time you pray. And the enemy hates that you're a part of your bloodline because you're the reason the seeds they sold doesn't take root like it used to. I'm going to say that again. The enemy hates that you're a part of the bloodline that you're a part of because, because you were born. And because you're doing your part, you're on your post, the, the, the seeds that the enemy sowed in your bloodline is not taking root like it used to before you came on the scene. So you must know that you matter, and your family is depending on you, whether they know it or not, whether they appreciate it or not, whether they know your, 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 your position in the family and how much your prayers are affected, whether they ever tell you thank you or not, you matter. They're depending on you, and God sent you. God's depending on you to allow him to work to you, that you continue to war in the spirit, that you continue to pray. That's why you are getting this revelation. That's why he gave you the revelation that he gave you about your family, about your bloodline, because he sent you through that bloodline because you're the one that's supposed to change it. So, again, if you do your part, what has attacked generations before in your bloodline will no longer be able to attack another generation. I'm saying that again. If you do your part... What has attacked generations before you and your bloodline will no longer be able to attack another generation. So understand, so demons try to divide family because they know how much damage a unified family would do to their camp. So you have to fight for your bloodline. And there are some blessings. Watch this now. There are some blessings that have been held up for your family by the enemy. But you're the one who will break through and release those generational blessings. Uh, let's go to our first passage, Genesis 37. Genesis 37, verses 1 through 4. Genesis 37, verses 1 through 4. And it reads, Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, and the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. They hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. To him, and so even Angie, what you just brought in that, so this this passage speaks directly to right. They said that their brothers hated them, hated him. Okay, so understand. So we know that Joseph was sold into slavery because of his brother's jealousy towards him. However, his brother's jealousy was because of Jacob. So it makes no sense for a family member to be jealous of another when they're part of the same bloodline and can share in the same blessings. And some of you felt like, man, you know, so and so, you 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 know you you know you got that family member that you always feel like, ah, you know, you you love them, but you know that they they have their moods, you know, one way they they're good, they, some of them they might be kind of fake, and you know they are kind of jealous of you, but you try to, you know, you know how to deal with them, but you know you you, you got that family member that you you know it's something with them, you, you, they don't really want to be that way necessarily, but you got to catch them on a good day, but you know how to deal with them, you know how to handle them, because you know, okay, oh Lord. Then he moves, okay, they don't talk about me now, or, oh, boy, you hit, why are they jealous of me? I don't know why they're jealous of me. They don't have no reason to be jealous of me, et cetera. Things apparently be going this way for them, but yet they're jealous of me, yada, yada, yada. So, again, that's the enemy working. 
trying to work through the bloodline. So we see here again. So it makes no sense to be jealous of a family member when you can share in the same blessing. So understand, so Jacob showed favoritism, and it was obvious that he loved Joseph, his son Joseph, more than his other sons because he had Joseph uh, when he was older. However, this was generational. So we're going to see this, how this, why this, this generation, we see how things are passed down from generation to generation. So it was generational because Jacob went through the similar thing with his brother Esau. Jacob knew what it felt like to not be the favorite, but instead of breaking the cycle, he fell into the same cycle and showed favoritism himself towards Joseph. He was now guilty of the same thing. Jacob was now guilty of the same thing that he himself went through. That's similar to someone who was neglected as a child and in turn they neglect their own children. So there are some curses that have been on your bloodline for centuries, and you're the curse breaker to bring it all to an end. There are some curses that have been going on in your bloodline for centuries, way before you were born, way before you came on earth, and you're the curse breaker to bring it all to an end. And watch this now. So we're going to follow this pattern. We're going to keep following this pattern. So a generation before Joseph was Jacob and Esau. As we say, Jacob and Esau. Jacob was Joseph's father. Uh, Esau uh, and Jacob were brothers. So Esau was the oldest, and their father Isaac favored Esau. As I said, Joseph had, I mean, Jacob had already went through this. Esau lost his birthright to Jacob, who was the youngest. There was a family feud with Jacob and his brother Esau. Esau hated Jacob when he found out that he got their father's blessing that belonged to him. Then we saw in this opening passage how Joseph's brothers hated him. So that went from one generation of hate was passed down to another generation. So hate that, the hateful spirit that was in the first generation was passed down to the next generation. So we see that cycle. We see that demonic cycle. So, again, it was a family feud. So understand, a family feud that is not properly dealt with will leave a door wide open for the enemy to walk in if you don't shut the door. So with the help of, of their mother, going back to Jacob and, and Esau, with the help of their mother, Jacob tricked his father Isaac, who had become blind in his old age. So Jacob had Isaac to believe that he was Esau. So, he, so you know, uh, his dad was kind of blind. So they, you know, put the hair on him because, you know, Esau was hairy. So, they, so he touched him. He couldn't really see that. Well, he said, oh, this must be Esau because Esau is hairy and, and Jacob's not. So, they, so the, it was the mother's idea, Jacob's mother's idea to deceive the father so that he could get the brother's blessing. So the spirit of deceit passed generation, generationally to Joseph and his brothers. So we see how Jacob deceived his father. And then now we see gen, how it passed down now. That Jacob's son now deceived him because Joseph's brothers tricked him and got him sold into slavery. So they tricked their father Jacob to have him to believe that Joseph was dead. So they made Jacob think that Joseph was dead when in all actuality they sold him into slavery. So the enemy have used some people to try to mess you up, but all it would do is set you up for God to bless you up, for God to bless you up. And so we see the pattern of what happened with Joseph. So now, so we, we've seen this demonic pattern generationally. So now, a generation later, Jacob's son Reuben was the oldest, but he lost his birthright because he committed adultery with one of his father's concubines. So we see Reuben's uncle Esau lost his birthright to Jacob, and then now we see one of Jacob's sons losing his birthright to a brother. So we see a history of the same problems within this family. It was a demonic pattern. 
You can change. You, I'm talking about you. You can change the course of history in your bloodline when you accept Christ because it comes with the power to fix your bloodline. So two generations, and we can take it a step back further. I'm going to show you how this thing goes deep. I told you it could be centuries. Two generations before Joseph, there was a conflict between Abraham's son, Isaac, and Ishmael. Abraham, we know Abraham had Ishmael through Hagar's maid, uh, through Hagar's maid who served as a surrogate mother because Sarah had been able to, to have, wasn't able to have children. So, again, Abraham had Ishmael through Hagar's maid. Uh, well, pretty much through Hagar, who was the maid of Abraham and Sarah. So it was Sarah's idea for Abraham to do this. It was Sarah's idea for him to sleep with the maid so that they could have a child. However, Sarah had a child we know later in her age with Abraham, and they named him Isaac. But Ishmael was born to Hagar, the maid. So there was a family feud as they grew older. When Isaac was born, Sarah saw that Ishmael, or pretty much Sarah saw Ishmael scoffing or mocking because of Isaac's birth. So that Ishmael was, 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 was jealous of Isaac when Isaac was born. And Ishmael uh, was around 15 years old at this time. But Ishmael was jealous. So when Sarah saw this, she told Abraham that Hagar and Ishmael had to go. You got to get him out of here. They got to leave. I don't want them around because I saw Ishmael scoffing at Isaac, and I don't want them gone. I want them gone. Though it was Sarah's idea for them to have a child through uh, the maid, but that's a whole other story. So understand. So they kicked them out, told them you got the ghost. And some of you, you may, have, you may have felt rejected by family. But all it did was push you to a position to be able to turn your bloodline around. And it became so bad that Hagar had to leave the country with her son Ishmael. So now we see a history in this entire bloodline. We went back to Abraham, Isaac, Ishmael, from there, from Isaac to Jacob and Esau. Then we went from Jacob and Esau to, uh, to, to Joseph and all his brothers that were uh, – and, and Jacob was their father. But we see this issue. We see a history of the spirit of rejection in this bloodline. We see deception in this bloodline, a history. We see a history of jealousy in this bloodline that was circulating throughout the entire bloodline. And we went back a couple generations. Okay. So you see that history. So we see how these issues continue in the family bloodline from generation to generation until Joseph became the interruption in his bloodline. He went through slavery and rose to power to actually save his entire family, to save his entire family. So you may have felt like the different one in the family, but God can use you to rescue your family. And your family may have gotten a bad name in some parts because of what one person did. But you can give it a good name because of the good that you did. All right, let's go to 1 Timothy 5 and 8. 1 Timothy 5 and 8. 1 Timothy 5 and 8. Just one verse. All right, 1 Timothy 5 and 8. And it reads, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So Apostle Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, and in the passage he was dealing with the widows and also the children of, of those who are widows. So he then went on to talk about family in general. So someone who does not provide for their family and those in need in their family is worse than an unbeliever. So when they say you worse than someone who hadn't accepted Jesus Christ. So the best way to preserve your bloodline is to walk in obedience to God because obedience uh, births, births obedience. Obedience births obedience. 
So we must provide for our family within the resources that we have available and providing not just physically but also spiritually. And, of course, you, know, you have to use wisdom. You, you have to use wisdom. And so if the enemy is influencing a family member, you have a responsibility to fight for them in the spirit. I'm going to say that again. If the enemy is influencing a family member, you have a responsibility to fight for them in the spirit. And then, uh, Angie, as you mentioned something earlier, think about what happened when Joseph got sold into slavery. He could have, he could have cut his family off. When he rose to power, and there was a famine in the land, and they were afraid when they realized when Joseph, well, Joseph recognized them first. And so he began to weep like, these are my brothers. They're older now. They, they sold me into slavery. He could have had that chip on his shoulder. He could have been angry. He could have, you know, he could have had them killed if he wanted to. But he, he wept, and he was like, okay, where's my father? Is my father still alive, et cetera? And, and they were afraid. They were like, oh, he might kill us. We don't know what's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but he blessed them. He blessed them. And the same thing happened with Jacob and Esau. You know, Jacob was thinking that Esau was going, was going to try to kill him, et cetera. But, but peace was eventually made. So, again, so that's why you have to continue to pray. You have to continue to stay on your post because you're that interruption in your bloodline. You're the interruption in your bloodline. So this passage was referring to the immediate household and beyond. Yes, you don't do, you don't do things just because they're family because the enemy can also use family to try to ruin you. So a family member has a problem that money cannot fix. Let's say, for example, that happened. You would not give them money to go buy drugs. You know if you know they own drugs, but you would try to help get them the help that they need. So it's using wisdom. So if you don't pray for your family, that's the first thing spiritually. That's the first thing you have you provide for your family. If you don't pray for your family, you're inviting the enemy in to have a party on behalf of your bloodline. But the only issue with that is we can't afford not to pray for our bloodline because we don't want the enemy to have legal access to us because of our bloodline. You see, so that's why we have to pray for them. That's why we have to cover them, those who aren't saved, those who are doing all type of crazy things, etc. We have to cover them because you know better. You know, you, you know how to use your weapons. So don't allow unforgiveness in your family keep you and them from getting the blessings that were scheduled to come through your bloodline. As we say, generational blessings. There are some blessings specifically tied to your bloodline, your family bloodline. There are some blessings that has your family name on it specifically and so you don't want that to be blocked you want to be able to enjoy that the blessing that was scheduled to come through your bloodline not for you individually alone of course it'll, it'll end up being an individual blessing but it's tied to the family bloodline god is strategic and why he did that let's go to joshua 24 joshua 24 verses 14 through 15 joshua chapter 24 verses 14 through 15 Against Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15. All right, and it reads, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So we see in this passage, Joshua spoke these words to the Israelites not long before he died. So he gave them a long history about how God had performed in their lives and the miracles God did for their ancestors and even in their own lives. 
and God that God proved to be faithful time and time again. So therefore, we might, we have to realize you can't allow the challenges in front of you cause you to forget all the challenges God brought you through before. Don't allow the challenges in front of you cause you to forget all the challenges that God brought you through before. So 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 Joshua was reminding them of how good and how faithful God was over centuries before they were even born in their bloodline. So he was showing the faithfulness of God in their bloodline. So some of the Israelites forgot what God had done and were still worshiping idols. So Joshua made it clear that they had choices. He said, okay, y'all have your choice. You can serve whatever idol you want. Of course, there's going to be consequences. As Joshua described later in, that, in this particular chapter, there's consequences for sin. There's consequences for, for worshiping idols and not serving God and being obedient to God. However, Joshua made a bold declaration. He said, look, y'all can make any decision that y'all want to make, but as far as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. So regardless of what someone else is doing or not doing, your first and last responsibility is to obey God. Regardless of what anyone else says, what they're trying to get you to believe, what they're trying to get you to do, your first and last responsibility is to obey God. And some of you had to make some take some risks. Some of you had to make some big decisions in your family. Some of you had to, to separate for a season to do this so you couldn't be as close with this person, this person, et cetera. Don't mean that you stop praying for them, but based on situation, you had to do what you, what you had to do. Some of you came under attack for it. Some of you are still being mocked. Some of you are still being laughed at through folks in your family because of what you've done, because of what God is doing through you, because they don't see the full story yet. They don't see all the pieces, but you have to stay the course. You have to remain faithful because God sent you through that bloodline because you are the one to change the course of history in your bloodline. You're going to change the course of history in your bloodline. The enemy had a plan for the history of your bloodline, but you're about to rewrite that history of what the enemy thought was going to happen by bringing God's kingdom on earth through your bloodline. So therefore, in this passage, we too must make a decision that we will serve God and God alone. And you can't be more consumed with your situation, a loved one, a future mate, etc., more than you are consumed with God. God is the source who provides all things to us as followers of Christ. And some folks get so caught up in praying for specific things all the time until the relationship becomes consumed with waiting on God to do a couple of things. But God still wants to give us instruction for what he has for us to do today. But we sometimes become so consumed in what has not happened yet and not thanking him for what has happening, what has happened and what is happening. So don't lose sight of the promise that God has by looking at the obstacle in front of you. You are equipped to knock down every demonic barrier in your life. You are equipped to knock down every demonic barrier that has been set up over your bloodline. So there are some demons. Watch this now. There are some demons specifically assigned to families and bloodlines. There are some demons specifically assigned to families and bloodlines. We know how we have guarding angels, angels that God assigns to us, but Satan also assigns demons to our bloodline. Say, okay, you work on this bloodline. It's your job. It's your job to work on this bloodline. And we know it's not just one. We talked before how it could be thousands. You know how the enemy will send thousands of demons at one time because they're relentless. They want to take you out. But the same way demons send thousands, thousands of demons, God can send thousands of angels, even though it don't even require that many. But that's how much God has given us what we need in warfare. But there are some demons that are specifically assigned to your bloodline. They're generational demons. There are some generational demons that are in covenant. Watch this now. 
some generational demons are in covenant with other generational demons to keep your bloodline in bondage to whatever it was holding over you. And that's why covenant is so important. Who you hang with is important. Who you listen to is important. So you see, that's why even in a relationship, they'll try to get you to link up with a certain person because that demon that was in your bloodline, assigned to your bloodline, will try to make a covenant, get you to get in covenant with another bloodline so that they can continue to perpetuate that same cycle in your family plus some. So covenant is important. Who you link up with is important. Who you associate with is important. And your ancestors may have done things that you know nothing about that is impacting your bloodline today. But you can wipe it clean in Christ. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 through 20. All right, again, that's Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 through 20. And it reads, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. You see here, he's talking talk about the, the bloodline who he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember earlier we talked about some of the, even the demonic uh, patterns that we saw in that bloodline from, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. We saw the pattern. We saw the spirit of rejection. We saw the spirit of defeat. I mean, deceit. So we, we saw, we saw our hate, the spirit of hate and jealousy, all that that was going on in the bloodline. That was passed down from Abraham's side to Isaac to Jacob. And we can go on and on and on. So again, there are things that happened way before you were born in your bloodline that you may know nothing about, but you can do something about it. So we see in this passage, we find Moses. Moses was explaining to the Israelites that they had two choices. It was simple. He even told them which choice to go with. So understand, God gives you and I, he gives us simple choices. But it's only when our flesh is loud that the choices seem difficult. I'm going to say that again. God gives us simple choices. But it's only when our flesh is loud that the choice seems difficult. So who wouldn't choose life? Well, it's easy to say you choose something, but does your actions line up with it? Moses even helped them to see what they needed to do. So if we choose life, we need to cling to God. The choices you make today will greatly impact the next generation in your bloodline for the good or the bad. So, therefore, you need to make the God choice. And we see, he said, look, choose life. In verse 19, therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. He wasn't just talking about physical, but it's spiritual. So, as you continue to do God's will, you're literally giving life to your bloodline. You're pumping life into your bloodline in the midst of the hell and the chaos that may be going on as long as you are on your post, as long as you are standing strong. You're still pumping life into your bloodline, and I guarantee you that every seed the enemy is sown, every time you pray, every time you are, you're sowing seeds. 
You're sowing seeds to your family, so and you and you're also uprooting some seeds that the enemy has sown, and that's why I said the enemy hates family, and that's why he's upset at you because you're causing problems in this kingdom because the seeds that used to take root or the seeds that they planted, you keep uprooting. You may say, okay, well, it's still this going on in my family, but you're still affected. You're still chipping away. You're still chipping away. So you have to be relentless because, again, you have to understand you're not dealing with one thing. You're not dealing with something that showed up yesterday. You're dealing with something that has been in your bloodline for centuries. You're dealing with demons that have been assigned to your bloodline before the first member of your family was born. Okay, so we've we got to understand that. And we really trace it back. We, go, we can go way back to Adam and Eve. That's where our bloodline originally started. And we can see, so we talk about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that was part of our bloodline. That was part of our bloodline. And that's why we see some of those things going on in the world. The deceit, the lying, the jealousy, etc. It goes way back to them. So you're dealing with demons that have been assigned for centuries. Then you start getting to specific, you know, you're breaking off in different groups, get together, etc. So now you have your very specific bloodline. You can go back to some of your ancestors, your great, 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 great grandparents, etc., ancestors, etc. But there are things that were going on before you ever hit this earth. So again, the choices you make today will greatly impact the next generation and your bloodline. So again, this passage shows us generational blessings, and it shows us generational curses. And it's, he said here that in, in verse 19, the first verse, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today. So understand, heaven and earth are witnesses to the decisions that we make. Some family members made the wrong choice, but you can make the right one. You can activate. Watch this now. You can activate, we, as we talked earlier about generational blessings that are tied to your bloodline, that your family has not been able to experience in its fullness yet, or that was supposed to be released generations ago, but it's been locked up. And the enemy was able to legally lock it up and eat legally to steal. And here you are thinking, Lord, why am I doing this? Why am I struggling in this area? Why am I dealing with this, etc.? And it's because the enemy said, I have legal access to you because of something in your bloodline. So the beautiful thing is you can activate unclaimed blessings that were forfeited by your ancestors because of this, their disobedience by you simply being obedient. I'll say that again. You can activate unclaimed blessings that were forfeited by your ancestors because of their disobedience by simply you being obedient, getting those generational blessings. You can release it. You can be the one to release it, to get it to release. And that's why the enemy has fought you so hard. You were looking at this one situation. You were looking at, oh, this relationship that I was in. You were looking at, oh, all these friends that I connect. You were looking at, but look. It goes back to your family. It started in your family. Those generational demons that were signed to your family called and influenced certain people to come to try to mess you up, to try to get in your head, to try to make you think something's wrong with you. It goes back to your family. It goes back to your bloodline. If you ever want to look at issues, things that are going on, always go back to the bloodline first. Like I said, even if it comes to relationships with people you link up with, even when it comes to friendships, the enemy is strategic. They're going to send folks to try to throw you off, to try to keep something going in your bloodline. Okay? So, again, you have the power to overturn that. Let's go to Genesis 22, verses 15 through 17. Genesis 22, verses 15 through 17. Then after that, we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. So, Genesis 22. And then we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 right after that. 
All right, Genesis 22, verses 15 through 17. Genesis 22, verses 15 through 17, and it reads, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. So we see here the promise God gave to Abraham after his faith was stretched, and Abraham was willing to sacrifice his own son to God. However, it was just a stretching of his faith because God did not allow him to sacrifice his son because that was something that uh, folks did when they worshiped idols. They would sacrifice children unto these uh, idols, so God would never allow that. But it was a test of, of Abraham's faith. God just wanted to see if Abraham was willing to give up everything for God and to ensure that Abraham could be trusted with all that God had for him. So you can see, could I trust Abraham? Because look, it, to whom much is given, much is required. Because look, he said, look, Abraham, because of your obedience, because, because of that one act of obedience. Look, watch this now. Because of that one act of obedience of Abraham, it changed everything. He became the father of many nations because of that. So the Lord said, look, I, blessing, I will bless you and multiply. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand on the seashore. You know how many stars there are? How many grains of sand on the sea? He said, I'm going to multiply your family that much because of your one act of obedience. But then he said, but guess what? But then I'm going to give you victory in spiritual warfare. When he said, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. That was critical. That was critical. So understand, your faith in God through Christ can be strong enough to change the course of your family bloodline forever. Your faith in God, your obedience through Christ can be strong enough to change the course of your family bloodline forever. And Abraham's family would be blessed in all of his descendants because I said because it's one act of obedience. So your yes to God, your yes to God can be the very yes that makes the enemy have to take their hands off your bloodline. Obedience punishes disobedience. Obedience punishes disobedience. I said earlier how obedience births obedience, but obedience punishes disobedience. So we're also the descendants of Abraham. We also have the ability to possess the gate of our enemies. So this shows that Satan has gates. The gate represented power and authority. And we go back to the cities. The gates in the cities represented power and authority. Every city has gates, not just physical gates, spiritual gates. Okay? Where you live has a gate in your city, in the spirit realm. So whoever possessed the gates ruled the city. And this is why invading armies would always try to get control of the gate in a particular city. Now, it has physical gates during that time, Jerusalem, et cetera. It has physical gates. Uh, but, of course, that city was also staying spiritually. So at, at night, the gates were locked. They were closed, and they were guarded. And then they had these watchtowers that were built at the top corners of the gate so that the watchmen could work their shifts at night and be on the lookout for any incoming intruders so they could warn the people. And we know about the different night watches and day watches, et cetera, uh, you know, first, first, second, third, et cetera. Uh, uh, and a fourth watch, etc., all these things of that nature. Uh, but there, there were also prayer watches. So, so 
this, this is indicative of that, showing how they were on their posts, guarding, watching. And we guard and watch our family, the gates of our family, through prayer and through warfare. So if there needs to be change in your family, you must attack the thing that has been attacking your family in the spirit. And not only were the gates supposed to be guarded then, but the gates are supposed to be guarded now. And so as just as there were gates in the cities, watch this now, there are also gates to our families. There are gates, spiritual gates to your family. And in some of your bloodline, the enemy has been controlling that gate for centuries. And so that's why it seems like you get ahead, you get a little stuff here, but it seems like certain things pull you back. You seem to constantly have certain problems in certain areas, and, and, and something keeps holding you back. It doesn't mean that challenge is going to come. Yeah, challenges will come in life, but you got to look at these gates. So there's some things because the enemy has to control the gates in your family that you can only go so far in their mind because of they have to. But now that you know, you can now attack that gate, and you can now possess the gate and tell, tell the enemy to take their hands off the gate, and you can snatch the keys back so that you will have control of that gate in your family. So, so, so we are to protect them in the spirit. So too many have fallen asleep on their watch and, and have allowed the enemy to come in and possess the gate in their lives and their family's lives because you also have gates to your personal life. So there's gates. We've got to look at these gates. So we must regain and maintain control of the gates. Whatever the enemy may have done to your bloodline in the past must come to an end when you get back on your post in prayer and fight. So much time focusing on the church. We spent so much time focusing on the church that we forgot about the family. Satan knows that if he can get to a family, he already has the church. He knows that. If I can get the family, I don't care what you're going to do out there, but I got the family, so I got you. So I, can, so I can limit certain things in your life because I have to control the gates of your family. There's some things that the enemy is controlling, and that's why there's some things that pass through. Watch this now. That pass through your bloodline. Okay? It has to pass through your bloodline. And so the enemy said, I got your bloodline. So I'm holding some things up legally because it had to pass through your bloodline. But you didn't know that you need to control the gate. But now you know you need to control the gate. So now you can find the spirit to control the gate in your family so that whatever was meant to come through your bloodline, passing through to you, you can now snatch back so that you can get what's been being held up for a long time. Now let's go to Ecclesiastes 12. Our last verse, verses 13 through 14. Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 through 14. And it reads, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So King Solomon said a lot in his passage, and he taught a lot about wisdom and life. However, to sum it all up, he was saying that the main thing was to fear God and keep his commandments. God gave you and I, he gave us a simple recipe called obedience to him that clears the path for so many open doors. So we can't go wrong here. If we do what God commands us to do, we will stay in his divine will. The enemy will try to stop God's will for your life and may even try to use your family. But you will rise and pull your family up as you rise. And the secret seeds that the enemy sowed in your life or your family's life calls for judgment. And you can send God's judgment against the enemy. Send that east wind to blow against the enemy in your life. Send the fire of God uh, to destroy the demonic camps in your life and in your family's life. Send the blood of Jesus to flow. Tell it to flow in your family bloodline to wash your family so that the blood can flow. So we see all these different uh, uh, these, these weapons. Send the angels to minister to your family. 
Okay, so we have all these at our disposal that we can use to help us in warfare. Okay, so again, I'm a, uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna end with some declarations tonight. So we're gonna do some declarations uh, for the family of uh, breaking curses and casting out generational spirits. Uh, this is an excerpt from Apostle John Eckhart's book, Prayer That Routes Demons. Uh, it's a list of declarations and prayers for warfare. So it's Prayer That Routes Demons from author Apostle John Eckhart's book. It's called Prayers That Route Demons. Declare these words over your life to come up against curses and generational demonic spirits that may be in your bloodline. Also pray that God would reveal to you anything that has hindered your bloodline and give you the strength and the wisdom to put a stop to it through prayer, I mean through the power of the Holy Spirit and authority of Jesus Christ. So I make some decoration. You can just repeat after me as you read them. Uh, and so these are for breaking curses and casting out generational spirits. So you just repeat after me. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I break all generational curses of pride, lust, perversion, rebellion, witchcraft, idolatry, poverty, rejection, Fear, confusion, addiction, death, and destruction in the name of Jesus. I command all generational spirits that came into my life during conception, in the womb, in the birth canal, and through the umbilical cord to come out in the name of Jesus. I break all spoken curses and negative words that I have spoken over my life in the name of Jesus. I break all spoken curses and negative words spoken over my life by others, including those in authority in Jesus' name. I command all ancestral spirits of Freemasonry, idolatry, witchcraft, false religion, polygamy, lust, and perversion to come out of my life in the name of Jesus. I command all hereditary spirits of lust, rejection, fear, sickness, infirmity, disease, anger, hatred, confusion, failure, and poverty to come out of my life in the name of Jesus. I break the legal rights of all generational spirits operating behind the curse in the name of Jesus. You have no legal right to operate in my life. I bind and rebuke all familiar spirits and spirit guides that will try to operate in my life from my ancestors in the name of Jesus. I renounce all false beliefs and philosophies inherited by my ancestors in the name of Jesus. I break all curses on my finances from any ancestors that cheated or mishandled money in the name of Jesus. I break all curses of sickness and disease and command all inherited sickness to leave my body in the name of Jesus. 
Through Jesus, my family is blessed, according to Genesis 12 and 3. I renounce all pride inherited from my ancestors. In the name of Jesus, I break all oaths, vows, and pacts made with the devil by my ancestors in the name of Jesus. I break all curses by agents of Satan spoken against my life in secret in Jesus' name, according to Psalm 10 and 7. I break all written curses that would affect my life in the name of Jesus. I break every time-release curse that would activate in my life as I grow older in the name of Jesus. I break every curse Balaam hired against my life in the name of Jesus, according to Nehemiah 13 and 2. Lord, turn every curse spoken against my life into a blessing. I break all generational rebellion that would cause me to resist the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I break all curses of death spoken by people in authority in my nation, over my nation, in the name of Jesus. And lastly, I break all curses of death spoken against America by people from other nations in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen, and it is so. So that's just some declaration, breaking curses and casting out generational spirits. So I will close this on out in prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of yet another Bible study, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for the word that went forth on this night, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for what you're doing in their families, oh God, what you're doing in their bloodlines, oh God. I thank you for the change, oh God. I thank you, oh God, for their strength. I speak strength into their life now, oh God. I declare you send your angels, oh God, dispatch your angels, oh God, to minister unto them, oh God, to strengthen them, oh God, as they are the interruption in their bloodlines, oh God. Continue to give them peace, oh God, where there may be a uh, hell going on in their life, oh God. I declare your peace that surpasses all understanding shall come in their lives, oh God. And I declare right now, oh God, that the west wind of, of, of deliverance shall blow in their bloodlines, oh God, blow in their families, oh God, their bloodline shall be delivered from the clutches in the hands of the enemy, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, I thank you, oh God, for what you called them to, oh God, what you're calling them to, oh God. I thank you for the calling and anointing you place on the lives of everyone under the sound of my voice, oh God. And I declare and decree that they shall be who you called them to be. I declare they shall walk in what you called them to walk in, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, and no weapon formed against them shall be able to prosper, oh God. And I destroy every demonic foundation, oh God, that's been set up around their lives, that's been set up in their bloodlines, oh God. I send the fire of God to destroy it, to wipe it out in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. And I declare an east wind to blow, oh God. While the fire of God is burning, oh God, against the enemy, oh God, I send an east wind, oh God, to, to spread that fire, oh God. It'll spread like wildfire, oh God, to destroy every work of the enemy, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. So I thank you, oh God, for blessing them, oh God, for the generational blessings. I declare the generational blessings shall be released, oh God, that the barriers the enemy have set up over their family shall be broken. I declare it shall be broken now in the name of Jesus, oh God, and generational blessings shall flow. It shall flow. It shall flow in their lives, oh God. Doors shall open, oh God. Their lives shall begin to change and transform, oh God. They shall see more open doors, oh God, more manifestation in their lives, oh God. And I declare that you will send your angels, oh God, to encourage them, oh God, for some of them have grown discouraged, oh God. Some of them have grown weary along the way, oh God. But I thank you, oh God, for encouraging them, oh God, encouraging them, oh God, giving them peace, oh God, giving them your joy, oh God. 
in the mighty name of Jesus, O God. And I declare right now that they're covered. I declare they're covered and washed in the blood of Jesus, O God. I declare they have the full armor of God, O God, of protection over their lives, O God. And I come up against the spirit of retaliation, O God, that will try to attack them or their family because they now have this word, O God, because they now have this revelation knowledge, O God. I come up against the spirit of retaliation. I come up against the fear tactics of the enemy that will try to push them aside or will try to make them fearful to move forward. And I declare they shall get a godly boldness, O God. Holy Spirit, rise up in them now, O God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, lead them and guide them on the path that they shall go, O God. For, Lord, you say that the steps of a good man are ordered by you. And I thank you now for ordering their steps, O God, for ordering their steps, for protecting them, O God. I thank you, O God, for the, the weapons you've given unto them, O God, knowing that they have already won, O God. Let them know, O God, that the victory is already won, O God, and they're just walking out the history of their victory, O God. So, Lord, we thank you. We bless your name, O God. I thank you for the praise report that shall come forward, O God, as they continue to move forward. I thank you for the change that they shall begin to see in their bloodline, O God. I thank you for the change they will begin to see in their lives, O God. So, Lord, we bless your name. We glorify your name now. There is no other blessing we ask in your son Jesus' name. We pray, amen, amen, and amen. So remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. Go and reclaim your family. Go and take your territory. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. It's Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.